The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We are sponsored by you people. <laughs> we have, by the way, my, I'm Ralph Marlboro. You, you know that. We have 43 <laughs> donations so far of $12. We are 157 donations away from you people getting two extra podcasts a month. One of those podcasts will be Drunk Saints History, where one of these three knuckleheads interviews me while I'm shit-faced talking about a moment in Saints History. The other podcast, we don't know. Maybe it'll be Irish Kevin. Maybe it'll be uh, Potpourri. Maybe we'll just make fun of the Falcons. We don't know, but you're going to want that extra podcast, those two extra podcasts when draft comes around for free agency. You're going to want it. So just donate $12, like 43 people have already done. You get to 100, you get one, but you're going to want both because the Saints are going to be cray-cray in free agency and you're going to want extra shows. So you want two extra shows a month, go go to the podcast page, click the donate donate button, boom, you're there. All right. Um, Booyah. Booyah. So Andrew's going to join us uh, uh, in like five minutes. He he was uh, beating like a middle-aged woman at tennis and he had to shower. Um... Uh, I, I didn't shower. He's for lathering this po- up. I didn't shower for this podcast, and my kid vomited vomited all over me like 15 minutes ago. That's how dedicated I am. I wiped um, my ass with my hand, but I still haven't showered. Uh, Kevin, the Saints haven't fired anybody since the last time we talked, which I guess is, is a problem. I know, kind of. I know, I'm kind of upset. A, like, kind of like I almost, Hooray. I almost wish, I almost wish that uh, that they would at least just. Just pick some random dude to fire. Just fire the guy who who replaces the toner and all the printers. Like I don't care. I think Just that's do something. I think can it, can it be the trainers training staff? I think that was the guy Willis that they fired last week, Kevin. I think he did that. Um. So before we get to the playoffs and you know we got the oh we got a horrible man we got Seattle and Atlanta. Can I root for a meteor? But we'll get that to, to that in a minute. The worst. Um. Obviously, the Saints aren't, aren't going to make any moves. Um, there's Andrew. He's joined us. He's clean. Uh, obviously, the Saints aren't going to make they made, made any moves yet, uh, per se. But here's the thing that I want to talk about because we're you know we're, we're thin on topics and we got free agency. We'll get to that in a second. But I had like a running argument for like over the weekend of like two days. I spent like way too much time arguing with people over the Jimmy Graham and Kenny Stills trade. It's been two years. So I feel like it's time to judge those trades. And I feel like, and I know I'm going to be in the minority and y'all three are going to gang up with me, but Andrew, I feel like those trades were a failure because the Saints, they, they're, they're no better. They, they traded off the assets. They were 7-9. and nine. Two years later, they're still 7-9. and nine. They wasted the draft pick on Anthony. He's a waste. They traded for an injured linebacker in Ellerby and P.J. Williams. He's injured all the time. He's played one game. You can say, well, it's bad luck. It's this. It's that. The fact of the matter is they traded two assets away. And why are they better? Because they got a center who's pretty good. They couldn't have done – like they had to get – they had to trade Jimmy Graham to get a center. I just – like I'm not knocking the trade as far as needing wanting to do it or thinking it's a good idea, but the, the full execution of it was bad. Like 
part of a trade is getting assets. The other part is turning those assets into helping your team get better. They didn't do it, but Andrew, I think you're okay, well, disagree. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so they got rid of their assets. They got rid of Jimmy Graham and Kenny. Kenny Stills. Got rid of Kenny. Two, two, two ball catching players. Yeah. Has their has their um, passing game? Not relevant. Not. Re- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They. It does. It, it, yes, it, it does matter. No. If you can continue doing as well as you were before by getting rid of those assets and getting a little help somewhere else, like center, who they had nobody. I mean, who so did they Dave, have? You, Ryan you Dela give, Puente, you, you give away stuff. You give away stuff out out of your store because you can make your mortgage. I would give. You get, I mean, you I just give, give away merchandise if I had for free. An, if I had an over, if I had an over abundance, don't you put shit on sale? If you have an overabundance, and you're gonna sit on, you get rid of it. You, you move it as fast as you can. It's all about turnover. And so, if you've got a plenty of receivers, and you know you can just keep getting new receivers, and you know that they, you can just fit and and be fine, then you then you, you get rid of some of your over. I feel like Dave's holes. making a great point if he doesn't cut out every six. <laughs> I know. And you fill holes, uh, where, you know, where you need them. Maybe you don't go get the best center in the league, uh, but uh, but you get a center when you need. And maybe you you don't need another draft pick, but yes, you're the Saints, so yes, you do need another draft pick. So Stanley Jean Baptiste was a good pick. Was I cutting same. out? I yes, was you cutting were. out. So Stanley yeah. Jean Baptiste was an okay pick because the offense is still good. That's what you're telling me. No, the trade. You don't know who you're gonna pick with the draft pick. You can't. The Saints suck at drafting. If any. Other... <laughs> well, I mean that's I mean, if, part if, of it, though. If any other team made, well, I know, but <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have an answer to that one. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let's look at the trades. All right, let's look at them in isolation. I, I think, first of all, th- they're different trades, so I, I don't think you can rope them together. I think you look at the Jimmy Graham trade, and first of all, Stefan Anthony had a good year, his first year, his rookie year. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was great. There, there were issues, but I don't think we can discount all of a sudden because of where he is now and, and say that his rookie year wasn't a promising year. Um, and he had some really special moments like, you know, the score and the blocked extra point run back. So you know, he, he had some moments. And Unger was excellent last year. And last year, Jimmy Graham, before his ACL tear, was awful. Couldn't figure out how to fit into that <coughs> offense and really did nothing for the Seahawks. So I would say if you were to evaluate that trade last year, the Saints w- won by an enormous amount. On that trade. I mean, not even close. Okay, so now you fast forward to year two. Unger's kind of the same. Still a very solid player. Uh, Anthony regressed, and he's been injured all year. Jimmy Graham had had a much better bounce-back season, but his numbers are worse than every year he had in New Orleans, with the exception of his rookie season. So I'm not sure the Saints now would I have preferred them to get an elite defensive player because Graham was an elite offensive player. Absolutely. But I think when you look at what the saints have, like if you told me right now, you can have Unger and Anthony, or you can have Jimmy Graham and Brian De La Puente at center or Tim Lolito at center and no first round developmental linebacker. I'm not. I'm not sure that's that's an obvious answer. I mean, I think I would pick Jimmy Graham, but it's not like it's it's a slam dunk. Now, don't forget, they're also not saddled with Graham's contract, which was another big negative. Um, so you know they have more cap room going into this offseason because they don't have Graham. So that's another factor in that trade. Now the Stills trade, you look at PJ Williams. He hasn't played for two years. Stills has been lining it up in Miami. I think Dave's right. You know, the Saints yeah, didn't need Stills. Lining it up is a stretch. It up is a stretch. <laughs> yeah, okay, he's playing well. But I, I think you look at Ellerby. I think his main problem has been staying on the field. But when he has played, he has played well. He played pretty well last year. And I think he finished even with the injuries. I think he finished like third in sacks on the team this year. So, um, you know, by no means would I say that picking up Ellerby was a hit. But at the same time, I just think – 
there's all these rumors out there that Stills was a locker room problem. They didn't really like him. Breeze didn't have good chemistry with him. So uh, they're not missing. The, the same, they're the not same missing applies Snead. for Jimmy Graham. They're not, missing, they're not missing Stills. They have Sneed. They have Cooks. They have Michael Thomas. Uh, I just uh, I don't see how you know having him would help this offense in any way. Jimmy Kevin, Jimmy Graham was also a, a locker room issue too. So, Kevin, do you feel like that? I guess my argument with people was like, I'm not okay with trading away the second best asset on the Saints team, which I think Jimmy Graham was. I'm not okay with trading that away for a pretty nice center and a maybe two years later. Kevin, did you mute yourself? I mean, didn't we, didn't we, uh, I, I, I thought most, I thought we were okay with the trade. I mean, apparently not. Apparently some of us. I, I, I mean, I, I thought, I thought we realized, okay, we've got to move on from Jimmy Graham. I, I, I don't know. I I was under the impression that. Uh... I thought we were all. I mean, that yeah, may let, me, be... let me ask you. Let me ask you this: What about let's let's look at the Patriots? I always like to look at the Patriots. Do the Patriots have superstar guys? Do they have guys that put up huge numbers, or do they just have a whole bunch of pretty good white dudes. roles? White dudes. I mean, white, that's a serious question. Dudes. Don't don't yeah. don't the Patriots... and a serial killer. Allegedly. <laughs> don't the Patriots? Well, actually, no, he's been convicted. Allegedly. Other than. Other than Rob Gronkowski, I mean, the Patriots don't have these big name, and obviously Tom Brady. You know, the Patriots don't have these big name guys. They don't have these big superstars. They don't have guys that put up crazy numbers. They get guys who, like, like you refer to Max Unger as good guys. They're pretty good guys. They get role players. They get players to fill these roles, and they do these roles. And I feel like the Saints traded. Uh, Jimmy Graham, who is a, a big name guy, and they went and got some pretty good guys. I think I think the goal in the NFL is to have some pretty good guys across the board at all yeah. positions. That's the winning formula. Not having two or three awesome guys that put up a thousand yards and say, that's why the whole Mark Ingram thousand yard rushing season and the fucking Drew Brees five thousand yard season and the Mike Thomas one thousand. I don't give a shit about any of that shit. I'd rather I'd rather have seven guys, seven hundred yards receiving. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the point I made earlier today with you, Ralph, when we were texting. Um, you know, I said a lot of Saints fans are down on Sterling Moore and B.W. Webb. Like, those guys aren't good enough to be starting, and they shouldn't have been – in a perfect world, they shouldn't have been starting this year. But as your fourth and fifth corner, those are great guys to have on your team because the alternative is yes. you're playing guys like – when you get banged up, you're playing guys like Devontae Harris and Corey White. And you're starting guys like that. So you want Sterling Moore and B.W. Webb back because, yeah, you don't want him starting, but you want him as your nickel, you want him as your four or five, and you want him starting in a pinch if your they guys need, get hurt because the alternative is much worse. They need, and that's exactly right. It's exactly what Dave said. You need a bunch of guys like that because teams that go to the playoffs that win have a bunch of guys like that and not two or three superstars and undrafted rookies. Yeah, right. I mean, so it's so if so if you don't have a center and you can get rid of a guy like Jimmy Graham and you can and you can continue on with your offensive passing production while still getting rid of Jimmy Graham, but at the same time you're also getting a pretty good center and you're filling that role. I, I think you come out ahead. I just I just feel like they got to like you know what, Ralph, you're wrong. Okay, I, I feel like they got I feel like they got to do better. They got to do better drafting. I, they, I agree and, with that. Well, I mean, okay, all like, of us would unanimously. And agree I just that they think have to do because because you look at the like the trade for for Unger and a pick is a is the front end is okay, but. Well, no, it's great. It's a first-round pick. They got a you, they they. I mean, Unger, Unger in a first-round pick. You gotta hit it. You gotta hit it. Unger in a first-round pick is is awesome. You gotta hit it. And Kenny Stills, I think they they got as good a value as you can get. They he was a fifth-round pick, and they got a third. But you gotta hit on the third. And Ellerby. And, and you gotta and, well, Ellerby. I knew what Ellerby's gonna be. Ellerby's always injured. That's just what he is. Yeah. Um, but. They, I mean, you got to do, and, and I, I think that was my point on Twitter. I was like arguing with people. I'm like, no, it, it, because you got a bunch of good assets at the front end, you got to convert it on the back end. But 
this led yeah. to another discussion. That well, listen, had- listen. Here's the only thing I'm going to say. I mean, injuries are injuries, and it's football. You can't predict it. There was no way to predict P.J. Williams was going to get banged up because he had no history of it in college. Yeah. Um, but it's football. That's the sport. Like yeah. Some guys are going to get banged up. At the end of the day, they got two really promising, talented kids on the defensive side of the ball and Stephon Anthony and P.J. Williams, and that was the risk they had to take. They had to get younger and more talented on defense, and you can't deny that those guys have immense talent. Now, this is year two that they have just played, and you know I don't know what's going to happen with Anthony. You know This was a really discouraging year for him. And the writing's on the wall with P.J. Williams because if he goes on IR one more time, his career is over. But it's, it is possible, based on their talent, that they come back. They're, I'm not ready to write off their careers yet. It is possible that they come back and contribute next year and be good players for the Saints. And so, you know, I, I think we have to keep in mind here, remember Zach Streif's path to being a good pro and German Bushrod's path to being a good pro. And Andres Pete in year two, the leap he made. So the light doesn't come on for every guy their rookie season or in their, not always in their second year. And we have to remember, too, that you know sometimes it takes guys a while to improve and develop. Kevin, what scenario is, would be more enjoyable in 2017? Stephon Anthony being phenomenal in all the Joe Vitt jokes we can make or – or, um, God, I forgot what I was going to say the back half of it. <laughs> Shit! Shit! I forgot. It was so good. It was so good. It was such a good analogy. Um, it was such a good, like, 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 um, like choice for, oh, I know what it was. Being able to make fun of Joe Vitt or Kobe Fleener catching 75 balls. What would be more enjoyable for us on Twitter, how much? What would the, uh, joke, the, the, the jokes? I I got I would well joke wise. Then I got to think then that it's that, that it's anything that involves us making fun of Joe Vitt because if Kobe Fleener suddenly catches shit, if Kobe Fleener even catches you know sixty five passes for like I don't know eight hundred yards and and like six touchdowns or whatever, I'm going to be ecstatic. Uh, and, and I'll just laugh at myself and be like, ha, ha, wow, he's turned out really good. And then that'll be about it. But if Stefan Anthony suddenly becomes quite good and, and the line and the linebackers somehow become something other than a wet fart, <laughs> then, then it's basically, man, Joe Vitt really coached him up. You know, that's all. So, Andrew, you were talking about Anthony, and you we were texting back and forth, and you made a good point about Vaccaro because Vaccaro took a big dip. I would say he took a big dip in his second year. Sean Payton even benched him, but just for a little bit, and he played his whole second year mostly. Um, so it wasn't quite as dramatic as Anthony because Anthony was just rotting on the bench. Um, what do you – like – it seems to everything I read, and I don't break film down like you, but everything I read says Dennis Allen likes to play zone, and Stephon Anthony can't play zone. So is that just like a like a marriage that just like cannot work? Like, what do they have to do to get Anthony back being a functional functional player? Well, I think right now, unless the Saints are are rolling with Robertson at middle linebacker next year, God, and I don't I don't really think that's that's the best position for him. No, I, I really, I really think he played his best ball um, when he, you know, he was an off linebacker. So I, I, I still think there's a hole at middle linebacker and I don't think you hand that position to Stefan Anthony, obviously. I mean, he, there needs to be competition in training camp, but I'd like to see him move back there um, because that's where he played and that's where he had success his rookie year. Um, you know, I think a big problem with, Dennis Allen and the way he was calling games was he was somewhat limited with his coverage. I mean, you got to remember he, he was out there with Ken Crawley, Sterling Moore and BW Webb as his corners mm-hmm. for a lot of the season. And so 
Um, he, he didn't really have the luxury to get exotic or, 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 play, exotic. Or, 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 or play to Stefan Anthony or some other guy's strengths um, because he was so limited with what he had at corners. So, um, you know, if this defense gets healthier, there's more playmakers, there's, there's better talent to support Anthony, then potentially you're in a position to play to his strengths and put him back at middle linebacker. So that's what I'd like to see. But, yeah, I, I do think this isn't a great fit schematically for him if they continue to want to run zone. He's just not a great cover guy. <laughs> well, that's – I mean, Kevin. Or, Easy breezy, beautiful cover. <laughs> Alabama's it's 14-7 to 7 and Clemson is like running in the mud. Oh, fuck Clemson. They just fumbled and Alabama scooped it up. God damn Clemson. Uh, breaking news. Uh, so but it won't be breaking by the time you listen to this podcast. No, it won't be. It will not. It over. It will not be. Um, so before we get to the questions and remind people to donate again, Kevin, uh, I looked at the – like we were all pumped up about the Saints having $30 million in cap space. But I looked in the over the cap website. The Saints have the – even with $30 million of cap space, have – they're 20 – second in the most cap space going into the off season. So is it possible that we are just psyched up for the all in go crazy tour and the saints like free agency is going to be okay. And they're going to do some fun stuff, but it's not going to be this crazy blockbuster Benson eating ice cream, drinking red wines, I, just burning. Dude, through I money. really think, I think most of that's, I really think a lot that most of that's you. <laughs> like, I don't like, like, I know, I know it's fun to say, to say, look, uh, I don't, I don't know who's, who's out, who's outside next to a church, but, um, train. or train one of the two. I don't know. I'm old. Um, yeah, like I, I, I really think that you're, you're the one who's trying to drive drive the train. I am on, driving the train. I am El Presidente. Let's spend all the money. Let's take a giant cap hit and pay yes. a tax or whatever yes. the hell the NFL yes. does. Like, let's just let's go all in on this season. Period. Such a and, dumb idea. It is. Of course, somebody. Of course, somebody who thinks the Jimmy Graham trade was terrible would would also think. Uh, let's just go all in. So, so you. So Kevin doesn't think they're going to Dave, you don't think you don't think they should go all in or you don't think they will. I don't think they should go all in. I I just I just gave a little speech earlier about how it's it's not about getting, you know, great player, you know, it's not you don't want to you don't want to go go by the Al Davis philosophy. You don't want to draft a guy who had the fastest 40 time at the combine. Uh, you don't want to go for all the the flash and the pan stuff. You want to go with just solid guys. You solid guys that fill a role. Um, so I, if, if we're talking about 2017 free agency for the saints, what would make me most excited is if they, if they, you know, bring in a lot of people, get a lot of different people, but not, you know, not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, the, the big name stars, I I'd be more happy if they maybe even sat on their hands for, you know, maybe they can go and get one, one, one oh, guy yeah. on the first yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. No, day. no, Dave, Dave and, and Kevin, this sounds great. This sounds another seven and nine season. Yeah, four four in a row. Let's do it. Well, yeah. here's the th- here's no, the thing. Let, let's just slowly march our. Let way me ask you a question. You know, Wait, now let me ask you a question. Let's, I'm gonna, let's, I'm let's gonna, look long term gonna... here. Let's not think about the present. Let's just another seven and nine. What's the big deal? No, 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 no. I'm. Well, I would be happy if, if in free agency they went and they stockpiled a whole bunch of bargain bin guys later. Oh well, yeah. Well, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's, do let's again what they did. Some average talent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no no. Let's go. Let's go sign the. Safety available for sixty million dollars. Yeah, great idea. Let's do that. Oh yeah. Well, no, you can. Oh, you can... Go... oh no, no. Let's give Kobe Fleener ten million dollars, even though no other tight end in free agency. Well, let me let me ask you. Yeah, let's do that. That'll work out great. Well, let me ask you this, Dave. All like, in. Come on. Man. I think I think Kobe Fleener's cap hit for the for 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 last year was like five million, I think, or maybe even way less. Right, Andrew? Wasn't his cap hit? Yeah. His cap hit was like yeah. three to four minutes. So if they went out and signed six Kobe Fleeners, not obviously tight ends, but like 
six guys that all make between five and eight million dollars. Would you be cool with that and ruining the cap going forward? Or are you just worried about them signing like Jarris Bird and a guard and paying like? Oh, eight? let's give Nick Fairley sixty million dollars and then oh, let him loaf for the next. Five I seasons. cannot. I cannot wait for that to happen. I'm just not even going to play the. <laughs> that intro. might happen this I'm, week. That might happen. <laughs> I'm just going to go straight to Dave. No music. No nothing. It's just going to be Dave in a room with a cigarette and a and a and a and a, no, and, you, like, you, and a beer. Me in the corner of the room in the fetal position. I mean, Andrew. How f- like, all right, like I'm out of this- here. You guys have fun right. later. Dave- <laughs> <laughs> Dave's Talk like, amongst yourselves. <laughs> he's going Costanza. All right, Dave, Dave and Kevin are stupid. Listen, <laughs> seven and nine, three years in a row. Sean Payton on the hot seat with continuous talk of him leaving every single offseason. Drew Brees is 38, going to be 38, on Contract the final up. year of his deal. Loomis, Payton, you know, Benson's, Benson's not getting any younger. You know, we don't know how much longer he's going to last. This is the YOLO season <laughs> for the Sean Payton era. It's YOLO. So you can either spend all your cap room, go nuts in the draft, trade up, get the best talent you can. Hey, I don't care if there's two strikes on you. I don't care if there's two outs and you're down eight runs. You're swinging for the fences. You're not trying to get men on base. You're not trying to get a walk, you know. You're swinging for the fences here, and, and that's the only play they have left. They have to go all in because, and, and either it'll blow up in their faces, and it's fine because a seven and nine season isn't getting anyone returned into New Orleans anyway, or it actually works and it salvages the legacy. Yeah, because here's the here's the thing: if you're in the f- if they're in the midst. Kevin of another seven and nine next year. Remember, Drew Brees' contract is up next year too. So you're gonna yep. have you're gonna have splash reports of where Drew Brees is gonna go. And if you think that shit won't get annoyingly insane and want you'll want to drink Drano if the Saints are two and five, oh Jesus, the splash reports for where Drew Brees is gonna be playing in 2018 will drive you insane. And Sean Payton will just hit eject at that point. But here, I guess here's my question, Andrew, is – and we kind of got off track with, with Kevin and Dave. Not, I expected Dave to do what he did. I didn't expect Kevin to be such a killjoy. Uh, but here's the thing that I kind of got off track is my point is even if the Saints want to go the YOLO season, which me and you obviously want them to go, is $30 million, is it not what we think it is because all these teams have more room than them? Yeah, so there, there's some merit to that, yes. Um, especially because, you know, the, each team has to spend um, a certain amount. Like, they have, to, spend, get up to, a, they have to get up to a minimum. So, 110 um, million. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think there's a lot of teams that have more money than, say, than the okay. Saints. All right, listen. Y'all talking about trading up and trading up and all this other kind of crazy shit. <laughs> Let, let's, it's, let's, it's the YOLO season. Let's listen. We need a T-shirt take a, for the YOLO let's season. Take, let's, you need to, let's you need to bust a, out let's, Leprechaun. I need to hear Leprechaun. Let's take a hop in the time machine, and let's go back to the Halcyon days of of early 2006, uh, when when the Saints decided to make a big splash and sign a free agent by the name of Drew Brees, and then they went into the draft. This this isn't this isn't. Le- Leprechaun, Kevin. No. <laughs> we're like a, we're like a, we're like a, like a drunk, rowdy stand-up crowd. I mean, we want the hits. We're like, play the hits, yeah. hell, play the hits. Um. So, so <laughs> in the we'll 2006 the- draft, in which the Saints had eight picks, they did eight picks. Six of the eight picks made the roster that year. Six of the eight picks made the roster. Now, let's see. Colston, Streif, Jari Evans, and Roman Harper all stayed with the team for several years. You can argue Roman Harper being uh, being a issue toward the, you know, in, in, in his last season or whatever. But he went elsewhere 
and managed to be successful. Reggie Bush, you know, had his moments, you know, flashes of brilliance and all that kind of stuff. But you had multiple picks in which you hit on the draft and guys made the roster. Well, isn't that the, but isn't Kevin, isn't that a different discussion though? I mean, we're talking about free agency. If if you if you want to argue to me, look, I want to spend all of Benson's money in free agency this year. If you were like, cool, I want to do that, but you know what? I don't want the Saints trading up and giving up a first-round pick in 2018 or a, fir- a second-round pick. In tw- like, that's just – you can't – that's too much. That's like giving up the deed to your house. Like, you can't go that much YOLO. So, like, I could be down for that, but, like – what do, like what does it matter? Like if, if everyone's gone in twenty eighteen, like what is cap space? Who cares? You know? Yeah, I mean once Drew Brees is gone, they gotta blow the whole thing up anyway. But I guess here's my here's my question, Andrew. Like uh, we can't we can't expect the team to not be awful for a year or two after Brees leaves. But I I guess here's my question with the cap though. Like how does what do the Saints have to do if if a, if a team with, like, $50 million in cap room, say they want a player that the Saints want, and the Saints are like, fuck it, we're, we're, we want the player. How do the Saints get that player when they don't have – when they're $10, $15 million less of cap space? Like, what do they have to do? Is it – like, how do they structure the deal? Is it cap space? Is it, I mean, Loomis is it, math. Is it, is it, Fucking it's, Loomis math. It's just – it's just a giant bonus that cut Benson cuts the check, yeah. and, then, and then they make yeah. the cap hit low. I got you. Yeah. Well, 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 there's a few things they can do. You know, first of all, a lot of these teams with cap space, um, they have the luxury of taking less risk with front-loaded deals. In other words, if there's a guy they really like, they can offer more money, less years. So you're going to get more guarantee. The player is. Um, but the team's going to be saddled with that player for a smaller amount of time. Um, and, you know, let's say it's a three-year deal. What the Saints can do is they can say, look, we'll give you more security. We'll give you a four-year deal, a five-year deal. And in year one, you're going to be less against the cap, but you're going to make more money over time. It gives you more security, but we're taking on more risk. So even if teams have more cap space, you know, they might be more reluctant you know, if they, if they, you know, let's say they have a lot of cap space. Um, you know, I just as an example, uh, I would say, let's say Philadelphia. I, I don't know what their cap situation's like, but they're like, all right, I don't know if we want to do a five year deal because five years from now, we're going to have to pay Carson Wentz probably a $150 million contract, you know, because by then, with the way the cap space is, with the way the cap is, like, that's probably going to be the going rate for a quarterback. So five years from now, we don't want to be in the last year of a blockbuster deal with this player. Whereas the Saints can say, five years from now, Breeze is going to be off the cap because he's probably not going to be in the league anymore. And so, hell yeah, we're going to take a five-year deal that has an exorbitant cost five years from now because um, you know either we'll, we'll cut him and take on a, a ton of dead money or we'll let him play out his contract, and by the time he's playing, we'll be we'll have a quarterback on a rookie deal, starting for us. Is the are there telltale signs, Andrew? I'm I I want the YOLO season. So are there are there like telltale signs that we could see in leading up to free agency or right before free agency starts that that would tell us that the Saints are going to go the YOLO route? Because well, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in years past, like if you look at the last few years, um, the Saints were pretty aggressive about restructuring deals, um, extending guys. If you see them extend Vaccaro before they hit free agency, if you see them extend Thomas Morstead, if you see them redo deals, now remember they have a ton of cap space. So if, if they're giving themselves even more by redoing Jarrett's Bird's deal, in other words, if they're tinkering to give themselves even more space, you know, that, that's a huge sign that they're going into free agency looking to spend. Um, all right, we got, we got a because the, di- the difference is this time they don't have to. Oh, I see what you're saying. 
Yeah. That's what I want. I mean, um, so we have a ton of just uh, Twitter questions. So let's just get to it. Uh, this is from uh, Balky, Kevin. If Atlanta loses, will we be able to say Brock Osweiler is a better playoff quarterback than Matt Ryan? Uh, I, yeah, abs- I am, I'll be fully prepared to say that I will come up. I will, I will start tweeting the Falcoholic <laughs> and any Falcon fans I can find by saying, Hey guys, listen, here, here's, I'll just start throwing out trade suggestions. Listen guys, uh, Osweiler for Ryan straight up. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. And, and you guys may have to throw in a, a draft pick too to really sweeten the pot. <laughs> Rex Grossman is a better playoff quarterback than Matt Ryan. Andrew, this in, in, it's kind yeah, of, there you go. The gunslinger. It's kind of a serious question though, but if Matt Ryan, if they lose another home playoff game, I think that would make him one and six in playoff games, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At that point, would Atlanta seriously have to consider like, dude, he just he can't cut it. Like I know not, not that they would get rid of him, but I mean, would I think their fans would like start to turn on him a little? Like if he if he shits the bed against Seattle, right? Well, they would. They they were. Hating on Matt Ryan big time before the season, the fans they were already they always already hated turning, Matt Ryan. Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of he's had a resurgence with the year he's had. Um, I, I think it's kind of a Romo deal. In other words, even if he loses in the playoffs and can't get it done, I mean, there's no way Atlanta can get rid of Matt Ryan, especially after the season he just had. No, so, but the fans you know. will be against. Like the fan, like it will, it will. It will irreparably damage the fans' relationship with him going forward until they win a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, that's fair. But I, again, I think it's like a Romo situation. More, you know, I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be a split fan base. You'll have the fans that are like, "Oh, look what he's done in the regular season. He's great. Yeah. Um, he's a winner. He's just had bad luck in the playoffs." And half the fan base will be like, "Can't get it done in the playoffs. Doesn't matter." So. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be exactly like he'll he'll be the modern day Tony Romo. That'll be delightful. I think what I would love what I would love is for like two years from now, uh, the Falcons decide to get rid of Matt Ryan, and they send him somewhere like I don't know, like Washington or whatever, or I don't know. I, I, I mean, pick a team. So they send him to Washington. And he makes the playoffs for like three straight years and makes a conference championship at some point. And they beat Atlanta in one of those playoff games. <laughs> I would just, I would, I would laugh my little ass off. Brian asked, will the Falcons plagiarize their score against the Giants? <laughs> no, they'll put up more than two. I, I, as much as I would love to see them only put up two again, I think they'll put up more than no. two. More important, Atlanta getting destroyed. We should, we should ask uh, Barry Hurst just what oh, he thinks Lord. about. Oh, Lord. Poor Barry. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad, man. You gotta wow. St- you got to stay in your lane, man. You got to stay hey, in your someone, lane. Hey, someone brought up the word plagiarize. I didn't. I know. <laughs> Uh, Super Saiyan Saint, he asked, more important, Atlanta getting destroyed or your son's college? Well, my son's probably going to be a trucker, so. Trade schools. Trade schools or not. Nothing wrong with trade schools. I want it. Nope. And, and hey, in this, hey, in this economy, we're all probably going to, we're all, you know, our kids will only be able to, uh, afford to go to trade schools. Yeah. The problem is being a trucker, when they have the self-driving trucks, he'll be, he could be screwed. Um, what would th- this is a good question, especially for you, uh, Andrew, because you care so much about your diet. This is from Dylan. Would you rather eat McDonald's three times a day for a year or see the Falcons win the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, they have salads, right? I ate McDonald's for a week when my wife was in the hospital having our last year. And it was, my dre- it was dreadful. It was dreadful. I mean, they have they have the breakfast menu all day now. But it's still yeah, terrible. I mean, but it's still terrible. I mean, if if that's the sacrifice I have to make for the Falcons not winning the Super Bowl, it's it's not even a question. Dylan. All right. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you this. I mean, I I would drink Drano for a month. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this. On top of the three meals, can you eat like something else that's like super healthy, like that's got a lot of like fiber in it or whatever to try and help uh, mitigate those problems? I guess so. Yeah, he didn't he didn't specify, but I guess you could. You just have to eat at McDonald's. Okay. Eating, McDonald's eating a lot of fiber on top of a lot of McDonald's 
Uh, that doesn't yes. sound better. Yeah, should, it sounds worse. Well, Dylan asks, should the money donated be used to pay off Darren Sproul's wife to lift the curse? Uh, <laughs> we'll start up a different. We'll start up a different fundraiser. We'll start up a different. Fun, uh, which was Dylan. Thanks for reminding people. Donate. We only need a hundred and fifty-seven more. We should have Go. a seance on the podcast to to try to lift the curse. We, we might. should have like a. We should have like a guest, like a voodoo. See, fan if we had come extra, on the podcast, if we had an extra, po- if we had an extra podcast every month, two extra ones, we could have uh, we could have the seance as a special episode. So just donate the twelve dollars and boom. Right. Uh, Seriously, if, if you're these, one of our listeners episodes, and you listen yeah. to Ouija, or you, you do the Ouija board, or you're in like some, I don't know, some witchcraft, <laughs> or you're a war, or you're a warlock. Um, <laughs> just, just hit us up. <laughs> Uh, let us know because we we want to try to do our part lifting this curse. Dude, and let I... us and and listen and do a breakdown on us and let us know uh, let us know like which the you know what what house each of us would be in like what? like is it is like it a... I think I think Ralph would definitely be Slytherin. I think Jude is one hundred percent Hufflepuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm I don't Ravenclaw. Even know what this means. I don't even. I definitely think I'm Ravenclaw, I'm... and and uh, Dave is definitely. Uh, oh shit! Now I can't remember the main one. See though, the problem uh, with this is the problem the with this house. is I'm gonna get uh, a DM from a warlock or a wicker, and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna put Wicked. a cur- they're gonna they're a wicker and they're gonna put a curse on me like some sort of bad nineteen. Um, 19- 80s horror movie. Yeah. You're, they're they're going to curse you thinner, and then it's going to be like, well, wait a minute. Did, Ralph, you're already, uh, you're already rail thin. Yeah. They're going to make, they're going to like, that one good arm you have, it's going to get the plague or something. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> so, um, how, so, so. One good arm. <laughs> Bubonic plague on his good arm. <laughs> See, you see what you've done. It's gonna be, it's gonna be terrible. So th- this is a good question. What would be more humiliating, Andrew? Atlanta loses the first playoff game at home, or they lose to the Texans in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I want no. I, I think it would just be so much more soul crushing to lose at home. And, and I, I think there's a chance it happens. I mean, really? Seattle, Seattle uh, could beat them. Uh, um, but I, yeah, I just think, especially, I, I think especially this year when Matt Ryan's had the season he's had, and, you know, obviously a lot of people are kind of starting to think Falcons might actually have a shot at, at doing something special this year um, for them to be one and done. At home, if you um, lose a play, when you lose a when you lose a playoff game at home, I think that's the worst possible thing. And I know, look, I know yeah. 2011 was terrible, but to me, 2011, as bad as it was, wasn't nearly as bad as all those Jim Moore years where they at home Atlanta, playoff. Atlanta, and the yeah, Eagles. Those yeah. games, oh like, my god! Because when you lose at home, you walk out of your own stadium. For the final time, and you've lost. At least when you lose on the road, you're like, eh, well, whatever happened. But so, I, I mean, that was good. But the thing is, losing to the Texans in the Super Bowl, man, because you know Atlanta for two weeks would think they got it. And they'd be like, Brock Oswell, there's no way he's having yeah. four good games in a row. And they just get, that would be hooked. But it would also be bad for me personally because the Houston people, oh my God, they'd be insufferable. Uh, I mean, I have to say the worst Saints loss in terms of scars. I mean, the 49ers one was tough because, you know, we really felt like there was a chance at a Super Bowl title. But for me, losing to the Falcons at home in the playoffs, what what year was that, Ralph? Like 94? 91. And the thing that was so... That was was horrible. The thing that was so terrible... It was so bad. The thing that was so terrible about it, too, was that the Saints had the same cornerback injuries that they had this year but they all happened in december so they signed milton mack who was That's like right he was, he like was the, decent 
Who no? He was like the Brian Dixon of the Saints. Like he was on the roster, off the roster, on the roster. Yeah. They signed him on a Wednesday. He started on Saturday, and Michael Haynes obliterated him and scored the winning touchdown against him in overtime. Yep. You know, it'd be the equivalent of the Saints playing in a playoff game, signing B.W. Webb, and he and he's starting. In the and then the Saints signed Michael Haynes because he was so good against yeah. him, and then he was terrible for the Saints. Yeah. Uh, this is from Super Deformed Kevin. Which ending to the Seahawks Falcon games would you prefer? A. A meteor strike. B. A tsunami. C. A large sinkhole. Wait, wait. Say that again. Which ending to the Seattle? No, no, no. The middle one. The middle one. Uh, tsunami. Tsunami. Oh, okay. Because C- it's it sounded like you just were trying to pronounce the T in there. Um, <laughs> it could have been. So, <laughs> yeah, the categories. So a meteor strike, a tsunami, and then what was the third one? Because I was so I was so caught up on tsunami. Uh, large sinkhole. Oh, I'm going large sinkhole. I I want yeah. I would what I would love would for there to be a giant fault, but not a giant fault line, but a giant sinkhole in the stadium, and then the uh, city planners or the state. I don't know state department of natural resources or or whoever. Uh, sanctions these things finds out that there is a bunch of underground caverns underneath the site of Megatron's asshole and and they can't build the stadium uh, in, uh on that land and the giant boondoggle has to be moved elsewhere the giant boondoggle so this is for Irish Kevin this is from Eric Cooksey uh for Irish Kevin when the Saints trade up to draft Fournette who gets beaten with the shillelagh uh, well, it depends on how many times or how how many uh, how many picks they surrender for for the spot. Uh, I, if if let's say let's uh, where where are the Saints projected to be drafting now? Eleven. Okay. Well, if they if they move up to fourth, let's say to 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 grab Mister Fournette, uh, I I I would say that's a good seven wax with the hay, with the hurl. Uh, to 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 the backside, uh, and what we'll do is, I'll 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 phone up uh, I'll phone up Father, uh, Father O'Hare. Does and, Jeff and Ireland get it, or does Mickey Loomis? To... Does Does Jeff Ireland get it, or does Mickey Loomis get the seven wax? Oh, it's got to be Loomis. We're not gonna We're not gonna t- put t- touch a hair on 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 Jeff Ireland. <laughs> not a hair on that man's head. Andrew, I feel like I just Mickey, threw that Mickey, fastball Mickey right Loomis down is, the middle. Mickey Loomis is the fella that's that, that, that's that's going to be taking the wax. <laughs> but uh, listen, listen, I I am I am all in on 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 the trading down though. It, it's it, it is this is this is incorrigible that, that that we're even having this discussion about trading up again. Do you feel like trading running up- backs? Running back, running back. I, trading. I, I'm seeing. Listen, I'm seeing on the social medias tonight that that the Saints need to just pull everything just shy of a Ricky Williams to get this fella from Alabama. Would you and feel? I I am not. We do not need another Alabama running back. Well, here's my question: Would if the Saints trade up, would you feel that would be as big a disaster as when you were a child and they had the potato famine? I was law. I am not that old. <laughs> you see, people, if you get to 200 donations, we could have an entire podcast of Irish Kevin where you just ask him life questions, football questions, soccer questions, how to cook, all sorts football. of football. The football where you kick it with your feet and the goals and such, right? Uh, you know, so so that's why you want to donate twelve dollars. You just twelve. I mean, twelve dollars is nothing. You know, it's not. It's just. It's nothing. It's it's that's that's twelve hundred pennies. It's 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 nothing. You know, um, so yeah, we're getting close to fifty, aren't we? Yeah, we're at 40, 43 donations as of this afternoon, and uh, it was really quite uh, heartwarming and sort of uh, crazy to see all the donations that came in Saturday while the playoff games were going on. Like, people were listening to this podcast, watching the playoff games, which is really 
that's what our fans do, man. They're diehard. They need their sane stuff. So um, that about wraps it up. So Kev, you, you can find Kevin on the Twitters. Uh, you can find Andrew uh, at Saints Nation. Andrew, you don't have your grades anymore, but you're doing uh, satire and jokes, which the people like me that write those columns don't like. You're, you're cutting in on our territory, uh, but that's fine. Yes, b- big special shout-out to uh, Dr. Dickhead for yeah. his... Uh, for his inaugural post yeah. on Saints Nation. <laughs> so, and Kev and Dave will be writing a column eventually uh, on Canal Street Chronicles. He'll he'll write. We'll just transcribe his meltdown when they sign fairly to five years, fifty million. We'll just transcribe it and put it on Canal Street Chronicles. So that count as his yearly column. So, for Dave, for Kevin, for Andrew, uh, until next week, the bar is closed. Oh, we got a good rate going on the dollars to euros conversion right now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.